Hey, this is Watts from the All Music Is Good podcast. When we hit record to start this week's episode, we had no idea that our special guest was going to be so prepared and so giving with his time that before we knew it, we'd blown the episode out to over two hours. Rather than dump so much sparkling repartee on you in one go, we decided to split this week's app into two parts. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And without further ado, I'll hand it over to South City 3 to kick things off for part one. And we're back with another episode of the All Music Is Good podcast, arguably the greatest music review show in the greater Melbourne area. And this week we check out releases from Run The Jewels, Donny Benet, King Cruel and the controversial Beyonce. Should we even really be reviewing an Arik visual album, Black Is King? And if that wasn't enough, we have another amazing guest reviewer joining us this week to help guide us through the pitfalls of the difficult episode six. But before we get to him, it's time to introduce a man who many regard as the Barney Rubble to my Fred Flintstone, the Scully to my Mulder, the Dr. Watson to my Sherlock Holmes, the Art Garfunkel to my Paul Simon. Can I say a big hola to my podcasting wingman, Arik Bloom. Arik. Hey, was good to be back. Episode six. It's a it's an interesting number. Um, I've had a great week. How, how's your week been? Have you had a good one? Uh yeah, it's been okay. I've been uh, I've been travailing the pitfalls of the uh, the downward spiral COVID roller coaster this week, but very happy to be back this week. Um, I've got some homework that I needed to go through from last week. If you'd indulge me in it, go for it. I'm on week four of the uh, Leon Lee Harvest Weird Fishes obsession. I, I checked out the um, the official video this week. Have you seen it? I haven't. So it's them in the studio recording the song live. And for any engineering, budding engineers out there, um, check it out because watch the drummer playing it. You know, on the recording, it sounds so bombastic, the drums on the recording, doesn't it? It does. It sounds amazing. So... So you watch it because he's just tapping the drums and they're obviously compressing the and gaining the crap out of it to get this amazing sound. So I was just really interested to watch watch that. So it's obviously a live take. It's amazing. Um, seriously recommend you have a look at it. Um, second thing on my list was um, the Logic, the last track on the Logic album from last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the speech, I didn't know who it was. It was actually delivered by Orson Welles. In 1945 on the Leah Radio Show, so um, I don't know if you went back and checked that out, Eric. You you didn't like that. that I, didn't, I didn't. Show. I didn't love that album, but um, but no. I'm glad you've done your extra research. And it is important that you know we have some really solid continuity across these episodes. So I just want to say a big thank you to you, Waza, for your vigilance with um, bringing it all together. That's my pleasure, Eric. Um, now. You were close to breaking the internet last week. Our social media accounts may slash may not have nearly crashed under the weight of the horror surrounding the 3 out of 10 you gave Logic's No Pressure album last week. First, it was Taylor Swift's 2 out of 10 on Folklore, now Logic's album. People are saying, not me, but some people are saying that you have it in for multi-million platinum selling artists that refuse to use your patented shifting semitone verse hooks. Would you care to comment on that? Yeah, look, um, I certainly, um, 
I've, I've made a few enemies in my day with people that like to write really great songs. Um, and uh, it's of no surprise that, uh, yeah, you know, I haven't resonated amazingly well with um, with the uh, with the platinum sellers. But I will say that I will hold the line with the semitone shift and uh, hopefully, you know, I mean, it's COVID, you know, everything resets. It, we're in a new time. Hopefully, uh, that will be a thing that really starts to shine in 2021. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. I seriously doubt that. But, Eric, um, how's your week, man? Mine's been good. I'm trying to kind of r- recall what I did. Um, I got through my organic vegetable delivery box, which was great. I made a delicious... Um, cauliflower macaroni and cheese with hazelnut dish that uh really um turns mm. some heads and uh what mm. else have i done I've, I've been for a couple of runs i've got a couple of walks i bought uh, i went to the italian grocer i didn't know burgers this week i went to the italian grocer today to top up on my vermouth for my um friday night negronis and uh and i was very uh happily surprised to see the price of the Italian grocer for vermouth is way less than um, Dan Murphy's and BWS or any of those bottle shops. So there's the hot tip. Well, what's the price? It's about 16 bucks. Okay. What's uh, Cinzano doing these days? I don't know what Cinzano is doing, but um, it was, uh, I was, I've, I'm pretty sure I've been like spending like 25 bucks, but maybe I'm just a sucker. Maybe they, maybe I just walk into the bottle and they're like, this guy's got no idea. Um, well, I hope you got a Negroni, dude, and and you're well. Um, I reckon we should kick it into the uh, All Music Is Good Instagram like of the week. Yes. Um, should I kick it off? So each week, uh, the All Music Is Good podcast um, deem it essential that we like one person per week, not that they like us, um, and we add them each week to our, to our Instagram Hall of Fame. Um, Arik, I'm going to give you... Uh, I'm going to give you three, possibly four clues this week on, on who our new like is. I'm going to give you a head Go start and basically rule out 50% of the population. Okay. Okay. So the first clue is some weeks this guy is cashing up big time and other weeks okay. he goes home empty handed. But if he's earning big, he's generally doing it around 4 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. Okay. Okay, so the second clue. Yeah, I'll give you a second clue. The second clue is this guy is all about the frog hair, the can, the snowman, the fried egg. Is that ringing any bells with that terminology? No, I'm nowhere near it. Okay, so the third clue is this person is a practicing Hindu. And he's possibly the only Hindu. Well, I know for a fact he's the only Hindu on the planet to have done what this person has done. Okay, four p.m. on a Sunday, practicing Hindu, and something around. I forgot the last, I forgot clue number two. Um, oh, the, the terminology, but it wasn't. It wasn't ringing any bells for you. No, I want to give you one more because I had to make it. A, give me. Yeah, I had to make it a bit harder more. than Tom Selleck last week. That was too easy. Um, the last clue is, I don't, I actually don't know, no, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing that this person's favorite color is green. Okay. 
Um, Green. Is no, he a this is not happening, is it? No, nah, it's not happening. Was I've got no idea, man. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to run this. This is a. This is okay. a dead set F, F minus on my behalf. Okay, so this week, Eric, we welcome to the All Music Is Good Instagram Hall of Fame the big Fijian himself, the triple PGA major champion, VJ Singh. Oh, brilliant, VJ Singh. Yes. Great to have VJ Singh as part of our uh, of our curated list of people that we follow. Thank you, Waza, and thank you, VJ Singh, for for being so polite as to accept our Instagram like. Um, I'm going to tell you, dude, that when VJ is striding the links, there's not too many snowmen or fried eggs on display. You can I be bet. sure of that. None at all. Um, one thing I am concerned about, though, dude, is that. Only one of our likes is showing any kind of serious Instagram game. And I want to shout out Danny Ricardo, Daniel Ricardo, for like fully clogging up our Instagram page this week with his like excessive jet setting antics. It is great but to watch. I feel I, I kind of feel that it's necessary that we are going to put both Tom Selleck and Jessica Watson on notice. Because Eric, it's a privilege, not a right, to have been selected the all music is good podcast like list and i personally expect more from these people i do too i mean i think it's worth uh letting listeners know that i don't know how it happened but at some point um we got liked by tom Selleck, the tom Selleck official page this week and it was absolute bedlam by the water cooler as we were discussing this week's podcast there was lots of rocking back and belly laughs and we couldn't believe it that tom Selleck official actually uh had gotten on to the uh all music is good podcast and then as i investigated a little bit deeper i noticed that tom Selleck had six followers and one post <laughs> so um so it's likely that uh that is it, it might, official it might be a bot but we'll take a bot we'll take a bot and we love following bots so well, um yeah you know i look forward to more um bot type posts in the future well just to be sure i actually followed the other three possible tom official tom Selleck accounts just in case just so we could get the right one but like for me like it just can't be daniel ricardo every week doing the heavy lifting so like i don't think neither neither you and i i want to be put in this position so i'm just gonna like drop this into the public domain and say to tom and jessica we expect more we expect more, Jessica. More. You need to get your gram game on. You know what was? It's probably she's on TikTok. Like she we are be so on a, far like behind. A, she's probably. You know what it is? She's probably on like another around the world voyage, and she probably doesn't have Instagram. That's at the true. Moment. That's probably what it is. Yeah, no All satellite right. phone. Let's move on. I think. Um, let's move on to the celebrity guest. Celebrity guest this week. Um, like after last week's pod, Eric. Upon review, I think we both acknowledged that we really wanted to get the quota of people who play quality, high quality bass guitar on this show up to at least 66% or two thirds. And so with this week's guest, we now, I think are officially at one third, at the one third mark, because like neither you or I qualify under the quality bass playing um, no, uh, criteria. Not, a, not at all. No, and like sure, this skinny, person hasn't Skinny someone, fingers, skinny fingers. Yeah, yeah, that's right, or short fingers in my case. Or short fingers. Um, like, 
Like this, sure. Like this guy hasn't sung on like a billion seller songs like some of our other guests have, but that doesn't mean he's not capable of doing it at some stage in the future. Absolutely, he could totally vocalize. He could do this. So, I'm going to throw it over to you to do the honors, Eric, and welcome this week's guest. Thank you very much. Okay, well, we are thrilled to invite to this week's show. A man who is arguably one of the you know tightest, most awesome bass players in the country. A man who, from what I recall, uh, going back to his Facebook posts a few years ago, has never heard the song "Happy" by Pharrell Williams, um, and and has a as and prob- and has an entire system in place around avoiding hearing that song, ladies and gentlemen. Introducing from Melbourne, Ryan Munro. Ryan, good to have you hey. here. Let's have a little round of applause. Yeah. Welcome. All right, thanks. Is that sure true? We can drop in a much bigger round of applause later, maybe in post. <laughs> Do you guys That's have right. post? Yeah, there is post. There is post. There is post. Yeah. No, there's a lot I've of got Sale of the Century. I've got the library catalogue from Sale of the Century. I recognised that in uh, one of the other episodes, and I just thought, oh, that's such a tiny detail but yep it's so to give a little bit of you go ahead was all right so to give a little bit of background um what what is really exciting about having ryan here not only is ryan a member of one of australia's greatest bands the cat empire but more importantly ryan was like one of the first four people to follow the all music is good podcast and we started chatting on instagram and i was like dude you get like premium membership benefits, like people that follow our page basically just get on the show. So we're absolutely thrilled to basically show the the general public that, um, you know, we reward loyalty. It's like a Coles rewards card. And, uh, and mm. we're just absolutely thrilled that um, not only uh, did you like our page, but you've made yourself available for, you know, four and a half hours on a Friday night to um well, to talk music i don't know about you guys but there's not much to do on a friday night at the moment so this, this is great yeah um it's weird i don't i don't feel like an early adopter like I, when i found out about the podcast i kind of thought oh how long's this been going on cool and then you know <laughs> checked it out but um there you go earlier than i thought we don't actually just we didn't. We didn't just invite you on. We made you pay to come on tonight because one of the albums that we are reviewing this week required a payment to Disney Plus. I believe is that right, Eric? And that's, well, and that's how we reward loyalty to our um, to our to our fans. If they if, they, if right. they like if they like what they're seeing, then we say you know what all you need to do is take out a premium subscription to Disney, and you know what, fuck it, title next week, um, and then uh, you know we're good to go. I don't know this is like like paying to play or something like <laughs> Ryan tell us a little bit about what's been happening man what's uh you know I what's been happening give us give us like a kind of a delo of the last sort of four months right well when all this started uh we had actually just started a, a tour over in Europe yeah and I remember I can't remember the exact dates but uh the days leading up to us flying over there, you know, everybody was still in, oh, it's just the flu, the media's blowing this out of proportion kind of mode. And mm. then um, as soon as we landed in London, we realised it was much more serious than that. And uh, 
four days later we flew home so cancelled the rest of the tour and a uh, bunch of other things we were supposed to be doing splendor in the grass as well which would have been fun that was our first time doing that one but um yeah we kind of dropped everything off the calendar and um i assembled some uh flat pack furniture today so that was exciting uh what else has been so going on can you tell us a little bit about uh you know i i guess like um you know i mean we kind of live vicariously um through watching daniel ricardo's jet setting lifestyle and <laughs> I'm curious to know. I mean, I've I haven't spoken to someone that's kind of was on a on a plane back to Australia at the at mm, the, yeah. in the moment of COVID. Did you have to like do like hotel quarantine? Did you have to wear a mask on the plane? Like, did you get to eat on the plane? What what you know? What's uh what's the life of flying in the midst of a global pandemic? Uh, we got in, as in we got back to Australia just before they started requiring. Uh, like getting your details to make sure you were staying home for two weeks. We we were still told mm. to stay home for two weeks, but they didn't okay. have a system in place for finding out who you were before you left the airport. So I guess that uh, there's no quarantine that kind of puts hotels. us in. Sorry, there's no quarantine hotels. No, on. nothing like that. We just had to go home and stay there for two weeks, but that wasn't too bad actually. But uh, on the plane, it, it kind of felt like everybody was wearing a mask or more except us mm. like i i can remember thinking oh, i've got to get a so rock <laughs> well no i just I, I everywhere i saw that sold masks had sold out of them so i just thought no well get on the plane but yeah there were some people head to toe in what looked like a kind of a hazmat suit and people yeah. like getting out a new pair of gloves every time they touched anything and i felt like those people were keeping us safe to be honest like um, so the so yeah. the big question for me, Ryan, is, um, I mean, look, I, I don't want to assume what airline you fly, um, but in the case that you did fly, like, say, a Jetstar, potentially, did they play happy on the tarmac when you landed? <laughs> uh, I can't remember or, what or they do you not? Or, 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 or can you talk us through, can you talk us through the kinds of... Um, the uh, sort of filters that you've got in place to ensure that you never listen to that song. Look, I, I have heard it now. I, that post must have been oh. a long time ago because I've heard it. I've played it at weddings and, yeah, no, I, I know that one. But the thing that I've never seen or heard is the movie Titanic. That's uh, Oh, oh, that's incredible. That's the same as me. Yeah. I was oh, about to tell oh, my Titanic story. I've never seen it, nor do I ever want to see it. Excellent. I, the closest I've come Guys is I walk sickos. into no, it, it's I, it was so massive, and at the time, like you probably would tell the same story, but it's just like everyone was going, got to see Titanic, got to see Titanic. It's like fuck it, I don't want to see Titanic. Look shit, and yeah. then it just became a thing. I'm not seeing it. I I actually have a saying. It's that's my Titanic, as in you know that that's something I'm never going to watch or something I'm never going to do. But uh, for me, my, my Titanic is Titanic, and I mean, <laughs> I think I just got put off because it goes for three hours. Like I could I could yeah. watch Stand by Me twice in that time. I'd much rather you do could. that. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that Celine Dion song never really sold it to me either. Like, if, no. if this is the highlight of the film, I don't want to watch it. Well, but all music is good, so you pipe down. All it? music is good. That's right. Slash two out of ten. Slash three out of ten. Eric Bloom. But um, yeah, that song put me off, and 
Yeah. Um, well, that's that's interesting. I, I feel like we're connected now. <laughs> so um, since you've uh, <laughs> since you've come back, Ryan, what's uh, what's a day? In, what, what's a what's a day in the life of a uh, of a uh, you know a, a shit hot bass player who is not on the road? What does that look like? Apart from flat packs. Yeah. No. It. I mean, it depends really, but I think just walking the dog and uh, eating three times kind of takes up a lot of it. Like, you know, mm. <laughs> no, it's, um, and I actually forgot hobbies? to play bass for about six weeks, which was not good, but uh, I don't know. That's kind of my relationship with music. If there isn't, if there isn't something yeah. sort of that I have to play it for, I can quite easily forget to do it. So I did see a pretty you know. hilarious thing where that you started um, finding covers of your own songs to, uh, <laughs> To do to to be the backing band for. Do you want to tell us a little about that? What was going on there? Yeah, I had that idea a while ago. I just realised how many people there are playing Cat Empire covers on YouTube, and uh, just thought it'd be fun to you know add add our own parts to it. So you know they're sort of jamming with us without realising it. And um, some of the videos <laughs> are you know people posted them five years ago, and um, you know might might have really grown out of it or gotten much better at their instruments since then but this stuff's still on youtube so you know um, that's amazing yeah i mean I, a lot um, of people have been doing like iso jams i guess like playing music with people online but um no we just thought it'd be fun to join in with people playing our own songs i um i saw one version of the chariot that had this um weird like three four bar or something oh yeah that was good yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, like if I try to actually sing it like that, I can't, but yeah, just the way she played it, there was a, three, it didn't have a chorus or something. There was no chorus. It never went to the chorus. That's right. Yeah. That's it's, so fucking, that's so bold. That's like the kind well, of song the, I'd write. <laughs> I mean, the chorus is unnecessary in this case. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the chorus is a letdown in a lot of songs. Let's face it. <laughs> Pre-choruses. They're always been my favorite. <laughs> yeah. The choruses can be a letdown. Um, well, should we get into talking about some music? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So the first album we have here this evening is Donny Benet's Mr. Experience. Um, Donny Benet is an Australian recording artist based in Sydney. He's notable for his musical style, which borrows heavily from the 80s post-disco sound. Bonet was exposed to music from an early age as his father, Antonio Bonet, was an Italian disco accordionist. Just ponder that for a second, guys. An wow. Italian disco accordionist, basically. Is that in Melbourne or Sydney? Do you know? Sydney. Well, maybe it's from Italy, but I think I think it was Sydney. But I didn't know there was an Italian disco accordion scene in Sydney at the time. But Oh, no, that was, that was, uh, that was definitely popping. Okay. So he taught Donnie to play the accordion and electric bass. Um uh, Benet played his first shows as an accordionist and synth player in Italian bands around Sydney until the mid-2000s. That was obviously seen as well. In 2011, he signed with Rice's Nice Records and released Don't Hold Back. Since then, he's released another four albums with such awesome titles as Weekend at Donnie's, classic, wow. The Don, and Mr. Experience being his fifth solo release. Um, Benet said uh, Mr. Experience was inspired by the stylings of Brian Ferry and Hiroshi Yoshimura, and he envisaged it as a soundtrack to a dinner party set in the late 80s. Um, Mr. Experience debuted at number 26 on the ARIA charts, becoming Benet's first release to reach the ARIA Top 100. Guys, who wants to kick it off? 
You do it, was You go for it, man. Yeah, go for it. Oh, okay. Um, like, I first came across Donnie Benet at Big Sound maybe about three or four years ago, and he was headlining. I was playing with Kylie, um, and we were playing as, like, a three-piece um, beforehand, and he came on as a solo artist afterwards. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? It's, like, one of him on stage, like... How is he headlining this night? This is crazy. And anyway, about three songs in, I'm in the dance floor, just like off my chops, just cutting loose. I'm like, this guy is awesome. And that night was also famous for like a, a presenter, like one of Australia's youth radio networks, also DJing afterwards. And um, I had to go and help him find where the volume button was on um, <laughs> on the DJ mixer. Um, was I? I won't say who it was. Spilling but, the you know, beans. He might have been off his chops as well, but, you know, God, the volume button, dude, just turn it up. Anyway, <laughs> the album itself, I spent a bit of time mulling this album over. Like, as you know, Eric, I've been, like, inhabiting this new disco boogie scene over the past couple of years. Um, so on yeah, paper, this should be, like, right in my wheelhouse. I don't know, dude. I couldn't work out whether this album is, like, a work of genius or just, like, an average post-ironic send-up of the scene. Um, I think I'm probably going to land somewhere in the middle, but, like, I'm really happy to be swayed either way after you guys have a chat about it. Um, like, you know, he delivers the comedy. There's, there's you know, heavy doses of lyrical irony. Um, second dinner. I mean, God, how funny was that? Like, a plate of cold cuts is better than a hot bed. That's, like, that's pretty dry. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, like... Like, this album is basically aimed at a subsection of the market. It's totally, like, 80s Euro synth pop. Um, like, maybe, like, for our listeners, maybe... Like, maybe it's a bit Duran Duran, but it's not actually Duran Duran. It's more, like, sort of continental. It's got that sort of Scandinavian, Germans, Balkan sort of synth pop vibe. You know, the stuff that didn't quite make it to Australia. Like, it's super cheesy, but not necessarily in a bad way. Um, like, fusing sort of pop and industrial disco with sort of weird sort of synth hooks. Um like, I think the music's, like, unquestionably good. Um, and a lot of time and care has been taken to craft the songs. And, like, it puts you in straight away into that ballpark era of the 80s. Um, so, like, I'd give it a big tick um, for that reason. To be honest, like, I've never been, like, a, a big fan of, like, ironic comedy, poke fun at a genre genre. Like, even mm. when it's done well. Um, like, comedy and music together just never really been something I've been into. Um was is a really serious so I, guy. He's a really serious yeah, guy. I like. I just had to ask myself the question: it, like, if the, if this album came out at the time, would it have been awesome? And the answer is, who the fuck knows? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, it probably doesn't have that Clive Davis hit on it. Um, but like, if I was off my chops at some sort of Balkan backblock festival at three a.m. and Donny Benet came on, like, I I would love it. Um. Well, was I mean you've you basically mentioned that's right you mentioned your big sound experience yeah my um, big sound experience like proves that so like he, like he's he's awesome live like um I don't know like the songs I liked I really like this more serious songs so like reach out like I thought it was a great sort of eighties pop song and I really liked sort of you know that Bowie esque Noel Rogers sort of guitar at the end of the choruses mm. like that was really cool um, and you don't need love I really like that um, and I, like I I put out a special mention to like the the whistling. At the start of Girl of My Dreams, I thought that was borderline genius. Um, and that made me laugh a bit too, the first time I heard it. Um, what about you, Ryan? What do you recommend? Uh, yeah, I think I agree you with about agree with you about the uh, irony slash humor slash, you know, thing. Like, mm. 
you said something like the kind of poking fun at a genre as a genre or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, anyone who's recommended Wolfpack to me over the years has found out that uh, <laughs> for some reason I, I really need to know if, if they're serious or not. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, yeah, it, me too. Is this meant to be funny and is it? I guess I need to be able to answer yes, yes or no, no to those questions. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure why that is, but some of the... Um... I'm not sure either. Yeah, Something some about of the... it, comedy and humour. Like, uh, you know, are you taking this seriously? Like, did you learn to play your instrument to, like, poke fun at it? I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is like, <laughs> that makes me not like it. I, I just don't know. But, you, but, I mean, don't you reckon there's something in, like, I mean, you know, you guys are both bass players. Donnie can clearly play his instrument. And yep. don't, don't, you think don't you think there's something... Don't, <laughs> don't you interrupt something... him, man. Oh, sorry, sorry, Ryan. You go ahead. <laughs> he's his, no, he's no, no, no. Hang on. You, now we're interrupting you. No, 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 no. Where no, are we no, going? No, no, no. no, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess. Negative, I mean, which I'm, makes I'm, it positive. That's right. No, I mean, I'm curious. You know, like there's piss take, and then there's there's piss take, or you know, tongue in cheek vibes done mm. at high execution. Like, what's your thinking yeah. about that? Um, and then actually, then there's another category where someone's playing their instruments so well that it's funny you know you know that thing <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah. yeah i uh that's kind of an exception to whether something has to be serious or not but um yeah, that's, that's a sub subcategory is there yeah, any, who, um, who springs to mind in in those kinds of realms oh god Eric's asking you to name names yeah no it's i don't know damn i i, I wish i had uh, an example for that one but um no i i guess with um donnie well first of all my first donnie benet experience was uh i was just looking through my phone for the message an artist i was working with a few years ago i think this is the first time i heard the name donnie benet yeah i grew up with donnie he showed me my first porno is the message <laughs> <laughs> So that that was that was my introduction, and then since then, like he's you know a really serious, awesome bass player. Like I think I saw him playing awesome. with uh, Sarah Blasco at a festival we were on a few years ago, and so he he does those sort of things. He's you know a professional, but um, yeah, some of the lyrics got a bit too tongue in cheek for me. Like second dinner, I think yeah. it was. It almost sounded more like. A Weird Al Yankovic parody of yeah an, another song, you know that kind of thing. But um, a lot of the lyrics I didn't even hear because I was so distracted by how good the bass playing was. Oh my god, oh, dude! Like, don't go too deep into it because I, I, I actually I might just say it now. I think like we we obviously rate everything out of ten, but I was going to suggest this week that we need to have a a sub scale official <laughs> official rating for this album alone because there's some freaking amazing bass playing going on this album like what like that sort of negroni summer like that patrice russian sort of like intro bass was like mm. this is like seriously good playing like really good um it's it's hard to find album credits these days so i don't know where he recorded it like if he did it all at home or something but that i i think my my favorite thing about this album is just it sounds really good and also the arrangements are kind of sparse like there's never too much stuff going on like i've seen on social media uh donnie is you know 
one of the guys who has all the drum machines and all the synths. And I think the hardest yeah. thing about that is knowing not to use them all the time. But yeah. it's, I mean, taste is subjective, but I think it was just really tastefully kind of sparse, most of the songs. And I don't know, that was that was just really refreshing. And um, yeah, a lot of the bass playing I heard, like kind of Bernard Edwards, like, you know, yeah, yeah. Stingray, like a, a lot of that kind of stuff. And he's just really good at it, like... Yeah, it's great, but as I said, distractingly good. But that can't possibly be a bad thing. Um, I think it's going to rate high on the subscale. <laughs> subscale, that's what you should call it. Um, <laughs> it is, the subscale. <laughs> that's got so many different angles, the subscale, isn't it? Um, but thanks for mentioning what the gig was like, because I, I was kind of listening to this, just thinking, what happens at his gigs? Like, are people laughing? Are people dancing? Are they even both? Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, um... it's, a, it's a serious thing. Like you wouldn't, you know, when you see those sort of solo artists doing playing backing track, but also playing, and you sort of think, oh, you know, this would be so much better with a band. But like he pulled it off, like really oh, cool. well. Like oh, it was really believable. Right. Um, yeah. I. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe he's from a parallel universe where the eighties never really ended. Like, mm. you know, it's. Also, I realised that people have been making 80s sounding albums. I, I guess, um, <laughs> remember when Regurgitated Unit came out? That was like 97 oh, or something. Mm, the song formerly known as. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I mean, yeah. that was only seven years after the 80s. Wow. Like that was really Yeah, 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 yeah. And so people have been doing that for 23 years now. And the 80s only lasted for 10 years. So... Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, it's well. There's this, so many genres to mine from that from that decade. That's right. I mean, there's thing so many things sounded different to each other. Like just saying, "Oh, that sounds '80s" isn't really enough. It was such a good time. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, all music sounded like that. So I don't know. It kind of really stayed with me, and I still love those sounds. And it doesn't kind of sound ironic or or you know cheesy. I've got to me a theory on it. I've got a theory that um, that people want to come back to do the '80s because at the time, you know, the the actual quality of the sounds of a lot of the records weren't that great, and you know, a lot of people just doing it again to just this is what it would have sounded like if we had today's technology, and not yeah. necessarily always in a good way, but like this is how like this Madonna track would sound like this if you recorded it like this, or it would have you know you housed it up or whatever. Like I just think that a lot of it is being done just to see what it would sound like these days with, with proper production and proper engineering and recording. And also the recording studio that you can have in your bedroom is just yeah. beyond the wildest dreams of anyone in the eighties now. Like it, it, the answer is it sounds amazing. So well done, Donnie. That's yeah. Nice one. Were there any, um, were there any songs for you, Ryan, that you were like, you know, if someone's kind of going to get into the record that you'd be like, yeah, start here. Any 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 particular yeah, numbers that come probably, to mind? Yeah, um, probably One Night in Paradise. That was the Clive Davis hit for me. That's got the uh, <laughs> kind of Highway to the Danger Zone DX7 mm. bass, I mm, think. Mm, and just mm, that chorus. Mm. Um, mm. Na, 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 na. I've got to stop oh, no, Eric does the singing on this oh, podcast. I, I, Sorry. I do the singing on this show, Ryan. <laughs> I had that one stuck in my head all week. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something, um, oh, I think it was maybe... Was you mentioned uh, reach out as well? 
Yes. That uh, reminded me kind of of Ice House at the start and then Pet Shop ah. Boys a bit once we got into the verse. And that's the other thing. Like it, a lot of things that sound like they're from the 80s sound like one artist, but Donnie kind of doesn't sound like anyone in particular. He's kind of got his own thing, I guess. Yeah. I think it's what happens to sometimes when you actually play all the... I think he played all the instruments on the album as well. Wow. So it's got that sort of Donnie... It's Donnie doing it. I, th yeah. I think, I believe that's what happened. And I think I've got a note written here, like that, that Reach Out song sounded very coverish. Um, like it sounded like a song that yeah. I know, but I don't know what it, but it isn't, but it's, he nailed it in that respect. How about you, Eric? How'd you go? Yeah. How'd look, you, I, how do you I, like spending I, your week with Don, the Don? Well, I, 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 uh, I broke my, my rules of listening to everything in the last four hours before the podcast. And I listened to this <laughs> at the beginning of the week after, after a stern talking to by, um, by my co-host, uh, earlier in the week where he's like, come on, man, you know, preparation is everything. Needed needed to happen yep yep um so i i was like you know what i'm gonna do good i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to this at the start of the week and i'm gonna sit with it all week and i uh look for me it was you know each like every you know every album has its kind of own use i found that i enjoyed listening to this album whilst cleaning um <laughs> <laughs> I, I i mopped my um I mopped my. Actually, I woke up on Sunday morning after a big night, and I was like, "I'm gonna." I'm gonna there was like little bottles everywhere, and I, I was like, "I'm gonna get rid of the bottles." And I was like, "I'm gonna stack the dishwasher," and then I was like, "I'm gonna sweep the floor," and then I'm gonna mop the floor, and then I was like, "I'm gonna buy some toilet freshener for the toilet." And then I was Have you like, put "Donnie on at this stage," and I and Donnie was the soundtrack to like all of this happening. It was like. Right. He got in me. He's like, "Come on, bro, clean man." And he um, made you want to be productive. Yeah, he made me want to. But like, it wasn't just like it wasn't like like frenetic, manic, productive. Like I'm a no, I'm domestic a bit of a, manic. Yeah, I'm a bit of a coffee fiend, and I kind of get a big coffee kick, and I just get really busy. But this was sort of more like a we're gonna we're gonna wipe down the you know wipe down the bench top. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, oh, we're gonna, that whistling. We're, yeah, oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're gonna we're gonna mop we're gonna mop the floor. You know, maybe maybe make you know maybe boil maybe boil the kettle um, instead of using the hot water. Like maybe you can really dig in there. And, um, <laughs> he took you back old school. Yeah, man. So like for me, like as an experience, um, like I like I really kind of enjoyed it. Just sort of being background. It wasn't something that I was like, I'm gonna listen to this on my headphones and really analyze it. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, um, yeah, the floor's looking good. So, um, look, I really enjoyed it. Um, I got, I mean, I've been sort of aware of Donnie, but I got um, a friend of mine, Lorenzo Salido. He sent me this message. Uh, we've got, I've got a, I've got a, like a WhatsApp music group and uh, Lorenzo is an Italian guy and he loves Italo disco and he found Donnie and sent me this amazing um youtube clip uh, it's almost like one of those yeah, old right. sort of early 90s uh bass tutorial videos it's brilliant and uh and, and i was like fuck you know this is this is, i mean i knew the face but i but i hadn't really spent time in his world and i i watched it and i just cracked up laughing i loved it and i loved how amazing he was like he was like doing this piss take of like a bass tutorial and he looked like the guys that like i watched in like the 
you know, the mid nineties <laughs> that my guitar teacher would be like, Hey man, you need to really watch this. You know, this is, yeah. this is really good musicianship. Um, and he kind of nailed that entire aesthetic. So I was like, you know, I'm, I guess I'm a bit, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm a bit on the border. Yeah. I kind of like, oh. I kind of like, um, like silly, silly music done at like a ridiculous level. Um, I think it's, it's fun and it sort of, you know, reinforces that music can be fun, you know. Um, so that, that was my, my sort of experience. In relation to songs, um, yeah. I thought Mr. Experience, I, I thought what a way to start an album. Super cool, super cool track. I felt it was straight out of the Nile Rogers playbook. It just had all of the good stuff there. And then the other song I really liked was One Night in Paradise. And my notes was, I just wanted to spend one night in paradise with Donnie. You know, I mean, he's a he's a seriously suave guy, and um, and the uh, the track sort of gave me shades of like the Lost Boys soundtrack, and mm. you know there were these moments where I expected like Timmy Capello to emerge and oh. rip a rip a muscular alto solo, but like it would be even cooler like if he did it in 2020 and he's like 75, <laughs> you know. You know, but like I think I think Timmy Capello circa twenty twenty would be even more appropriate as like a visual for for that for that track. You, what do you guys can reckon? You imagine that he must be like <laughs> like I don't know Mickey Rourke with a saxophone or something. <laughs> it would be it'd be like yeah, it would be like Mickey Rourke with a saxophone. So look, I um I I, I love I, I loved it. I think it's you know it's definitely on my um my cleaning record list. And yep. and something for a bit of a laugh. Um, was what do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon we, we we need to establish we need to rate this. But before we do that, we need to establish a rating scale for this week. So if we're going to do that, there's only one thing to do. I'm going to throw to you, Eric, to to let us know who the All Music Is Good unofficial podcast sponsor is for this week. Thanks, Was. So every week on the um, All Music Is Good podcast, we shout out an unofficial sponsor. And the amazing thing about, um, I guess, COVID is just how much attention is going into this podcast. Me and Waza have regular meetings to really sort of hone in and sharpen up what we're, what, what kind of product we're delivering. And, you know, Waza gave me a call this week. He's like, come on, man, you know, like, we really need to sort of, you know, you need to step the, the um, unofficial sponsor part up. He was a bit disappointed with, um, mm. with where I was at last week. So I took it on board. I mean, it was it was hard. It was a hard uh, conversation, but I did take it on board, and um, and I've decided to sort of uh, think a little bit more conceptually about the unofficial uh, podcast sponsor. And rather than, I guess, pinpointing a you know local small business, I think we should just think a bit more broadly and think about like I guess concepts of of style and. Um, and and I guess concepts of uh, you know cultural artifacts. So I'm thrilled to announce that this week's All Music Is Good unofficial sponsor is the Yellow Turtleneck Spencer. What? <laughs> what is that? So Yellow Turtleneck Spencer is actually what I'm wearing right now. Oh my All right. god! Yeah. And, How uh, rate and that? Well, we'll, 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 we'll,
is a, uh, well, I guess it's a garment that uh, that is worn by both men and women. Um, but more importantly, it's important to note that spend, you know, turtleneck turtleneck spencers really frame the face really well. And when you when you when you uh, walk down the street in a yellow turtleneck, you turn heads. So. Um, what I was going to say, and, and, and I, I don't want to kind of preempt anything about our later albums, but uh, the Yellow Turtleneck Spencer shows up in the uh, Beyonce Black is King um, visual well, album. About 2,000 <laughs> other outfits. It does, it does, it does, but it, def- it is in there. Jay-Z is definitely wearing Yellow Turtleneck, and I thought when I watched that, I was like, maybe I will, wear, I will wear my Yellow Turtleneck, and we will... We will be shouting out our unofficial podcast sponsor, the Yellow Turtleneck Spencer, this week. And I think this, well, I guess the scale should be uh, basically how many head turns you get whilst strutting down the street. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So before we get into our scoring, I'd just like to say thank you, Yellow Turtleneck Spencer. Uh, Thank you. I've got a question. Where, where does one even get a yellow turtleneck spencer these days? Well, well it's a really great question, Ryan, because um, <laughs> I went, I actually, uh, I mean, this is going to, I'm kind of rambling on, but I'm, I mean, we may as well go there. I, I went to um, Emporium. No, was it Emporium? Yeah, I went oh, to the Emporium. No, no, wait for it. I went to the Emporium um, uh, in that like one or two weeks that we had the kind of, you know, we could leave our home thing in COVID. And I was like, you know what I really want? I really want a new Adidas jacket. And I walked in and, uh, and this, uh, you know, incredibly handsome Cuban man came up to me and he was like, you, you know, you want this, this jacket? And I was like, okay, yeah, I do want this jacket. And he's like, but you can't leave the store just with the jacket. You need to get the pants. And I was like, I do need to get the pants. And he said, I'm telling you, man, like, you know. Mind fucked you. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm telling you, man, honestly, like, don't don't even second guess it. Um, you know, you could you could r- walk down the street with like a yellow turtleneck and this tracksuit. And I'm telling you, man, you're going to look like a million bucks. And I was like, man, like, I'm, I'm, what else? He's like, you need to get the white shoes. I was like, I w- I'll get the white shoes. What? I was like, is there, a yellow, is, there a, is there a yellow turtleneck here? He's like, no, man, but you've got to go upstairs. You can get a yellow turtleneck on the second floor. I was like, okay, cool. So I, um, I was like, all right, I'm going to buy the fucking tracksuit. I'm going to buy the shoes. I don't have a yellow turtleneck. I went upstairs. Like, I was freaking at this point. I'm like, hey, hey, hi. Um, uh, do you guys have any yellow turtlenecks in stock? And they were like, no, 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 we don't stock them. And I was like, do you know anywhere that stocks yellow turtlenecks? I tried Uniqlo. I went down to Uniqlo. They were like, no, nah, man, we don't stock yellow turtlenecks. So anyways, go, to, stock that. to answer your question, Ryan, it's an ASOS thing, man. You've got to get online. You've got to order a yellow turtleneck. And, uh, and it comes fast. It comes fast. So yellow turtleneck is the uh, official podcast sponsor. Okay. Unofficial. Now, so that, qu- that could quite possibly mm. be the longest 
<laughs> intro to an unofficial sponsorship that we've ever had. I clocked that about 15 minutes. So That was a long ad break, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I can't play the Sale of the Century theme like for like 15 minutes. I'm going to have to find something else. We might, we'll maybe Will, that's Will that's half an episode of Sale, to be honest. Yeah, yeah that is. <laughs> it's a full episode. It's, we've gone on to the second money baller by the time we've done that. That's yeah, like, you're right. I'll you're take, right. I'll take Daryl Summers for, for $10. Anyway, um, I think we should rate this fucker. Um, Donnie Bernays, Mr. Experience. How many head turns? Out of what? How many? Like it could be infinity. It could be infinite. We yeah, got to cap yes. it. What are we capping it at? <laughs> I don't know. Why did you go for it, man? You... I'll cap it. At, how about we cap it at? Oh no! What's what's? I, I mean, how long? How long is the walk down be... the street? It's like I mean, yeah, that's like right. you basically so many from variables. Your, it's like from your car to the supermarket. Uh, um, you know, from your car to the supermarket, down the down the aisle, pick up your groceries, back to your car. Okay, what I'm going to say is that so I don't have to like rewrite the template I have for the Instagram posts. I'm just going to say it's going to be out of 10 head turns. Okay. I think that's oh, thank that's God. thank God. Fuck. Yeah. Genius. Okay. Well, Ryan, what are you going to give this album? How many head turns out of 10? Uh No pressure. I think I think I think it's a pretty solid 7.2 for me. Hmm. Okay, so seven point two head turns. Head so turns. what? What does a point yeah. two head turn look like, Ryan? <laughs> that's, that's, that's well, that's where you're it's about. A fifth, to, <laughs> it's a one fifth of a head turn. You realise you're about to do a double take and then stop. Like it's just a bit of a neck twitch. Like okay, it's a neck twitch. <laughs> a one point two take is one take and then just a bit of. I oh, don't know. Better not look. Yep. Well, maybe like they've already done a full take and then they've gone, should I look again? No, nah, I'm not going to do that again. So it might be the same person. Don't ask me what a one, point one point take two. is though. <laughs> okay. So that's more like a, is it like a, it's like a crook eye. It's out of the side of your eye. You're not doing a head turn, but you're just sort of like, okay. Yeah. With both eyes. Yep. One okay. eye would be point one. Okay. Okay. Legit, legit, legit. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to take, a stab at this as well like i was hoping that you guys would sway me a little bit in rating this but i found that neither of you <laughs> had really strong um thoughts you, on this album me, um, was a bit on the fence and i think both of you are a bit on the fence i'm gonna go um for 6.5 head turns on the yellow turtle spencer turtleneck spencer turtleneck sorry turtleneck spencer Rating scale, unofficial. Arik, what about you? What did you think? Did you, would you spend another weekend with Donnie? I think I would. Um, look, I, I, I really, as I said, you know, um, and I think, again, like looking at the list of records that we've looked at this week, and I don't want to kind of get ahead of ourselves, but sort of putting this up against one of the later uh, albums that definitely has a different emotional palette going. Um, I certainly enjoyed this. I needed this lightness mm -hmm. in my life and, and I needed a bit of a chuckle. So for me, I'd probably also, I'd probably sit on, a seven head turns, definitely sit, yeah, seven head turns enough yeah. to kind of get a party started, but not enough to, you know, spend one night in paradise, if you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. So that's, um, that's 7.2 from Ryan, seven from Arik, and 6.5 from me. But before we move on, I think we should really rate it on the unofficial or the official subscale. 
because mm. as we both indicated, there was some mm. pretty decent bass playing going on oh, on this album, and I think we should acknowledge that. Um, I'm going to give it like an eight point eight on the subscale because it it was it was great. There was there was no doubt about that. This guy knows his way around a fretboard. What do you reckon? Yeah, do you um, think it's worth even running? Uh yeah. If it's out of ten for the bass playing, I'd give it a ten. It's wow. Oh yeah, good. I mean. There's a few tracks where it's just sequenced, like, uh, you know, as I said before, Highway to the Danger Zone DX7 bass, but that is uh, definitely period accurate for the period we're going for. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean... I I took one mark off because I thought it possibly was EQ'd up a little bit high on the frequency scale uh, on a couple of the tracks. That's one mark off. Like that, so you know, is that was, because you're was, is that because you're scoring it on a sub scale was? Yeah, that's right. There was there was not enough sub, too much high. It's impossible. So it's absolutely impossible. This guy. <laughs> um, I don't and I don't give tens except for last week when I gave a ten. But oh wow, normally what was I that don't for? give tens. <laughs> we shouldn't go. We shouldn't go there. Well, I gave well, Logic's no pressure ten out of ten. Or it gave it a three. Wow, divisive. I just thought it was it incredible. was scandalous. It was pretty scandalous. Um. Do you do you care to rate it on a subscale? Me? Arc, or yeah. Didn't, look, I mean, I think across? no, no, it was definitely up there. I mean, I just thought again. Uh, I just I just sort of found myself going back to my teens and and you know I wonder like you know the the kind of um, chino wearing stripy shirt tucked into mm. chino's music teacher. Um, I wonder if they'd be like this. Man, listen to this record. This record is like you need to get around this. This is like brilliant bass playing. I wonder if those, Cuban, if that, actually? if that person still exists. Because I, I, I mean, it was prodigious. I mean, that stuff is not. Mm. A, that's that's not easy. And um and and it's it's one thing to play difficult stuff, and it's, it's another thing to kind of make it classy and and in the pocket and fun. And I'd, I'd totally give it like you know, a, a, I'd probably say a ten as well. I, I mean, I can't. I don't know any other sort of technical bass playing that sort of, you know, usurps that. It's a brilliant bass playing. So, yeah, 10 on the subscale, 7 on the head turn. I think we're going to have to um, drag – it's dragged it up. It's dragged the overall rating up of this album. I think <laughs> oh, we're going to combine the subscale. the average? Okay. I, th- I think we need to get the calculator out, but maybe we can do that in the break. I think uh, we might move on. That was Donny Bonet's Mr. Experience. The next album we have for you tonight is the visual album uh, that's just been released by Beyonce titled Black is King. I think I'm going to throw this to you, Eric, to take this and tell us a bit about it. Okay, so for those unfamiliar who Beyonce is, Beyonce (laughs) Giselle Knowles Carter, born September 4th, 1981, is an American singer, songwriter, record producer, dancer, actress and filmmaker. Born and raised in Houston, Texas, Beyonce performed in various singing and dancing competitions as a child. She rose to fame in the late 1990s as a lead singer of Destiny's Child, one of the best-selling girl groups of all time. During Destiny's Child's hiatus, Beyonce made her theatrical debut with a role in the U.S. box office number one Austin Powers in Goldmember and began her solo music career. She became the first music act to debut at number one with uh, her 
her first six solo studio albums on Billboard the Top 200. Her debut album, Dangerously in Love, featured four Billboard Hot 100 Top 5 songs, including the number one singles, Crazy in Love, featuring Jay-Z and Baby Boy, um, and also featuring singer-rapper Sean Paul. Um, if you're not familiar with Beyonce, I suggest you go onto the internet and just yeah. type in B and uh, <laughs> you'll probably find <laughs> more information. Uh, hey, just to Would that be the Beatles? That. Maybe be the Beatles. Yeah, that's try true. Actually. B. B-E, Beatles still. Or B-E. Beatles, Beyonce bigger than Beatles. No, hang on. This is skewed by what I've been Googling, which is Beyonce. So, <laughs> All right, so B-E. it's coming up, is it? Sorry, Bunnings Warehouse. Ah. Followed by Big W, followed by Bureau of Meteorology, followed by BWS. Ah, oh, this is bleak. Anyway, okay. It's not that big. <laughs> okay. So Beyonce is a really, really famous singer-songwriter. Um, she's done lots of things. Um, I might just stop the intro there and we might get down to business. So uh, in the spirit of this podcast being an ever-evolving organism of sorts, we decided that not only would we review a visual album that was released in 2020, but the actual audio album was released in 2019, but we're just letting it all slide and we're going visual album. Wazza was really upset about this, but we're going to do it anyway. So, uh, earlier, I think it was the 31st of July, actually. Um, so not too long ago, about two weeks ago, Beyonce uh, launched the visual album called Black is King. Um, which features songs from the record uh, that was in The Lion King. I forget the name of the album. You guys got that handy? Uh, The Gift, I believe. The Gift. Yeah, The Gift. The Lion King. And it's basically, yeah, it's one and a half hours of cinematic wonderment. And I, I guess that will lead me into my review of the experience. Um. Look, I'm a big fan of Beyonce. I I just I just love how big she goes. I love the just everything about what she does. Um, I'm I I tend to avoid looking at the critical theory around Beyonce as a cultural icon because I just care not too much. What is it? Oh, there's a lot. You know, there's there's people that think Beyonce is great. There's people that think that Beyonce is not great. I just sort of like to just stand on the side and just go I love listening to Beyonce and I love watching what she does so for me the 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 visual album on the Disney Channel was fucking unbelievable and uh but but I should say that what was really interesting for me was I watched the album then I listened to the album then I watched it again and and I had really different kind of ideas around what songs I actually kind of vibed with um, in, in relation to the visual album versus the audio album. For me, I guess we'll just stick to the visual album for now. Um, you know, the, the track Bigger, I just loved it. I was like, take me to the beach and take me to that fucking amazing lagoon. I want to be the there. the first one? I, it was the first one. How so do we track know one. which songs are which? Uh, well, it's hard. It's hard. You've got to yeah. go back and actually listen to, like, look at the track list and then to kind okay. of do like an A, B. About so not halfway only did you get through, Ryan to um, buy it. Oh, sorry, you go Ryan. Oh, sorry. About, Ryan. about halfway through, it stops following the album order, which got really confusing. So mm. I was trying to figure out all the artists who were being featured just based on the track list of the album that was released last year, but it got confusing. Mm. Yeah. 
So it, not it, only did it, you make Ryan buy Disney Plus, <laughs> but you also made him have to go through each track and work out what each one was and compare that to the audio album last year. That is true, but let me continue because we're about to really kind of also see the kind of um, double value of this Disney Plus membership just shortly. So if you just let me roll with this. This is what I want to hear. I loved Find Your Way Back, um, which was track two. Um, I loved the beat. I loved her being in the desert. And I loved the guitar hook. It was super cool. Um, and the full moon that kept on showing up. I was like, oh, that full moon's amazing. What does it remind me of? I was like, it fucking reminds me of Tatooine. And then I was like, hold on a minute. Disney. And then I was like, I started thinking, is this the same set as the new Boba Fett series? And I reckon they've literally just gone, hey, Beyonce, we've got like Tunisia uh, booked for the next three weeks. <laughs> what, what do you say you head over there? Um, so Disney I, I just kinda, booked out the whole desert, that's it. Yeah, yeah they just yeah. booked out the whole desert and they were like, let's, let's get a couple of productions in. <laughs> so I loved Find Your Way Back um, and I loved, uh, I guess Black Parade was just as the credits rolled, so that wasn't that inspiring. But as a track on the record, as a piece of audio, I absolutely loved that song. Um, Don't Jealous Me um, uh, it was a nice shift into the kind of more urban environment, which is really cool. And she started to sort of profile some other artists, which is, you know, an amazing thing to do with someone at her, um, at her level. And then in relation to the visual album, I loved the song Mood Forever. Um, and I should note that Jay-Z rocks a pretty sweet mustard yellow turtleneck in that, that frames his face beautifully and turns mm -hmm. many heads. All music is good, but the, is brought to you by the yellow turtleneck Spencer. Thank you, Ryan. And <laughs> and finally, I, I think, I mean, I think, you know, it, we've got, you know, we've only got seven hours for this podcast and, I, you know, we could sadly <laughs> go into the critical theory around Beyonce and all of the imagery in the record. I'm going to just avoid that and take a hall pass and not analyse the imagery too much. But I did love the chess scene. Um, in uh, in the song Mood Forever, it, I, I did find myself going, is that a bishop or a castle at some point? Um, because I saw someone walk straight, but I I couldn't recognize their headdress and I I was a bit confused there. Um, and uh, and I loved the song Water, which, which uh, stars Pharrell Williams, which is Ryan's favorite artist. So um, <laughs> maybe I'll throw over to one of you guys to sort of take over. <laughs> There's a lot of Pharrell in uh, this episode, isn't there? There is. There is. Yeah. He might be an official sponsor as well. Um, Ryan, you take this, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah I guess uh, at first I would, the, the, the idea of a visual album being the visual accompaniment to an album that came out a year ago, which is a soundtrack to a movie. Just that whole concept <laughs> confused the hell out of me at first. It did. It did. You kind of yes. wanted to go and rewatch Lion King as well, right? Rewatch? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> maybe you want to rewatch Lion King 1994. I think I've only ever yes. seen that once or twice, but um, honestly, yeah, I just thought surely the visual accompaniment to a movie soundtrack is the movie. But I guess not. I, I I went to Wikipedia, as we all do, to find out how and why this happened. And, um, I mean, let's face it, Beyonce has been a member of the 
make a video for every song club for years. Um, the last album of hers I actually checked out was self-titled one from 2013, mm. I think. Yes, and, um, amazing album. Did that have Halo on it? Is that Halo? Mm. It, it had um, uh, Drunken Love. Great song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a video for every song on that. And the reason I checked that out was... Um, I don't know if you guys know Lachlan Wooden. He's a um, oh, sound yeah. engineer. The Woodsman. The Woodsman around Melbourne. And he, he said to me, check it out. The production's amazing. It sounds like silence with amazing R&B sticking out of it. And I just thought, well, I have to hear it now. Mm, and, that's um, a great, that's great a analogy. Sound. I know. It, it's a they should put that on Beyonce's T-shirts, to be honest. <laughs> but... um. Uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, Beyonce just makes videos for everything and they're amazing. But further to that, I looked on Wikipedia and it says that during production of The Lion King, for which she played the voice of the character Nala, she found about found out about how the composer of The Lion Sleeps Tonight didn't receive any credit or royalties from the yeah. first movie, I think. Wow. And... Um, chipped in or donated she left the studio pledging to create a full-length film that will tell the real story with the help of actual africans instead of using lines in animation and show the regalness and beauty of africans before colonialism and slavery erased their pasts and i thought mm. that's a good reason to make a video for a whole album again and um honestly i i compared it to i guess Remember how big a deal it used to be when Michael Jackson released a new totally. video? Totally. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, like, and, well. and remember yeah. 1988, the bad similar. album with like Speed Demon and all that and that <laughs> entire film that happened with the claymation and stuff? And the dangerous one in black and white. Black yeah, and yeah. white was yeah. the one that it reminded me of. So I, I went back and rewatched Black or White and uh, yeah. Remember the Time and oh my yes. God. Oh, it's such so a good, good song, Remember the Time. I don't sing, sorry. But they used That's to they song. used to actually just put those on like primetime TV and Molly Meldrum would introduce it and say, here's the new Michael Jackson video. Like, do yourself a favour. Do yourself a favour. It was such a huge deal. And um, I guess the the high watermark for videos, like music videos, is Beyonce these days. And um, mm. just purely as a music video, this is amazing. Like start yeah. to finish. I mean, it's pretty wow. much There's- Beyonce and Donnie Benet really – <laughs> oh, I've got to! I've got to check out his instructional bass video. Is that what you said before? <laughs> I am. I, yeah, that's right. That's that's. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I have to see that. But um, yeah, I um, I hadn't heard the music because I haven't seen the film. But um, yeah, just as a visual thing, it was amazing. I was tempted to actually mute it if we're reviewing a visual album. Then maybe I shouldn't listen yes. to music or. Yeah. <laughs> I Listen to Dark Side of the Moon from the first Lion Roar or something like that. But um, I agree. Yeah, I um, I had a great time watching this, and I just thought, is this really what the music's like in The Lion King? That's amazing. I wish mm, I'd heard mm, this mm, at the mm. cinema. That would be awesome. So, yeah, um, it's that's another thing. I, I mean, mean, the I'm... album was curated by Beyonce because it's not really. Like I, I had a look at the credits, and she was a songwriter on everything except one track, I think. So she had a mm. huge hand in production, and and that's unusual in like a modern R and B sort of world. That's what we've yeah. talked about before. 
but um, all the the other artists who were featured were great, and I hadn't really heard of many of them except Pharrell Williams, I guess. But um, oh, Kendrick Lamar is apparently a pretty famous guy. Who's he? Ch- he was on Ken- it, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, oh, I think he was on on Childish Gambino as well. Yeah, but mm. I think they didn't appear in it. Oh, in the previous. visual, yeah, true point. Yeah. Yes, sorry, my bad. That's okay. I mean, that uh, yeah, I guess something that made the whole thing a bit weird for me was that the Lion King dialogue was still in there. Mm, mm, that was a bit. That I was mean, a bit strange. That's a Disney thing. Was, <laughs> Disney were like, "Listen, you can have Tunisia, but fuck, mate, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be putting in a, a few quotes from the Lion King." James L. Jones has got to stay. But I no, I just thought, like, given the resources they had, if you're kind of turning the music from The Lion King into a new thing, you don't really need The Lion King dialogue there. Surely they could have taken that out. I'm not sure. But um, any, also, um, just any, a, any entry points for you in terms of tracks? Uh, yeah, Keys to the Kingdom, which I think is... Um, oh, what on. was that one? Was that... what? You described the visuals that went with that song. No, hang on. Scrap that. I think I wrote down the wrong one. My Power, which was the second last one. That was visually kind of different, but I'm I'm not sure who the girl who did the first verse was, but she was awesome. It was kind of like they kind of lost all the kind of desert and um, the lagoon stuff just for this one track. So it seemed like it didn't quite fit with the others, but it is amazing. And um, other than that, Find Your Way Back is kind of, you know, the first song of the whole thing. Mm. It's just, yeah. I mean, listening to that, it's just, yeah. You just think it's so cool that something like this made it into a Disney movie. I mean, I guess I had kind of reservations. There were, there was, when you think, Disney remaking The Lion King in 2019, I kind of had ideas straight away of what the music was going to be like. And there were a few tracks like that, that, that towards the end that had kind of a Disney naffness to them, I guess. But, mm. uh, I love naff. <laughs> Spirit, that's the one. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yes. It's just kind of oh, Disney yeah. and kind of naff. Take and there's even there. a key change. I mean, you know. Don't, oh. don't, don't rain on that, on my favourite song. Oh, sorry. Um, That's all right. But I, I, yeah. I guess I assumed there was going to be more stuff like that, and I'm thankful there wasn't. So, uh, yeah, that was a positive. <laughs> um, oh, the other, the other, I guess, recent really ambitious music video was "Runaway" by Kanye West. Do you remember that? Oh, I don't know that one. No. <laughs> That was that goes for thirty four minutes and thirty two seconds, wow. so it's pretty up there. He's a member of the Make a Video for All the Songs Club, definitely. But um, that kind of got hailed as the most ambitious music video of this decade, which was last decade. So I guess we're up to a new decade now, and Beyonce is kind of winning that that race now. I think. Yeah, I mean, we've gone backwards, haven't we, in terms of, well, as we said before, like, it was a thing, like, up until the early 2000s, that, that people would be pushing boundaries in that, that field, and it just, just stopped. Maybe it's a budget thing. Well, I mean, well, I, think it, I think we hit the high watermark with Meatloaf's I Will Do, do Anything For Love, and that was pretty much... 
after 93 it kind of they were like we can't oh, get the candle better. budget we, on that was huge we, yeah, yeah oh, the candle budget was big and they were like we can't get any better than that and then people sort of i think maybe people were intimidated after that and you know it, it took some uh groundbreaking type bravery like by kanye and beyonce to go we can do better than meatloaf's i will do anything for love and <laughs> um mm. Yeah, and I guess a weird thing that's happened for music videos is I can remember thinking it a bit over 10 years ago, why are people still making them? Like, they so kind of seemed less relevant, but then I guess all the, all the music videos being on YouTube and you can watch them anytime you want. Like, mm. programming Rage is, you know, not as exciting a prospect as it used to be because anybody can watch any video they want <laughs> yeah. anytime they want now on their phone anywhere. That so, is so true. Because that, that used to be like, hey, wow, this, this person gets to program a bunch of music videos. The only way I get to see these is them being on TV and me being watching. But yeah, yeah now that YouTube's mm -hmm. here, you can watch anything anytime. Unfortunately... Well, Ryan, Beyonce I mean, kind of threw that out by making it exclusive to Disney Plus. So yeah, that uh, that loses. It's, it's all, it's, it's all, it's it's all happening. There's so is. many, there's so many layers here of, uh, <laughs> of, of of things that work and then things that don't work. Just just out of curiosity, Ryan, before we go to Waza, I mean, in the, if you were to be programming Rage and you had like a top three sort of film clips, um, would would are there any ones that immediately spring to mind? Yeah. Um, well, we I say yeah, and then don't name any. So maybe they don't immediately spring to mind. But um, I'm just a big fan like of this. bands on white backgrounds for some reason. I love that. And there's heaps of those. You could do a Are whole you jet. <laughs> yes, you could do a whole rage special just of bands on white backgrounds. That's true, actually. That is true. Um, it's like public oh, images entire. Public Image's entire like history would have been on that, I'd say. All right. I reckon. I don't know. I guess I haven't seen any of their videos. Was what do you reckon after? Oh man, oh, I don't. God. I don't personally think that eight ninety five um, <laughs> should be considered exclusive. But you know, maybe Ryan does. Maybe we're working in uh, different pay scales, but. Um, Look, I um, I'm I'm like you like well, I don't actually. Ron didn't actually say it, but like you, Eric, I'm a I'm a massive fan of Beyonce. Like you know, she's got that boss woman quality going on. She's a workaholic. I think she deserves a heap of the success. Like for that reason alone, um, I've got a feeling this is going to uh, go to going to go going to slide down in a second. You feeling that? I, I, I can feel that, that too. Oh God! Yeah. I think that she's also like a really awesome, well-grounded person. Like, and she's a role model and an icon. Like, she's amazing. Like, I really think she's an amazing person. Um, like, the thing is, I've never really liked her music. Um, okay. I really liked Halo. And and listening to this made me go, why the frick don't I like her? Like, I, and I had never actually listened to Lemonade, the album Lemonade. And so I did that today. And I'm like, going, oh, okay, well, you, you know, I can, I, I, think I like some of this um so I'm going to acknowledge that um but like you know that whole the, the genre where it's all vocals over beats with like with minimal melody 
um, chordal melody. You know, it's not my favorite thing. And like I've, I've no, articulated that. You have. Yeah. So, so that's, that's me. So like, like Ryan, like I didn't, I didn't know what the hell we were reviewing here. Like, <laughs> were we reviewing like the, the, the video or were we were reviewing the music? Um, and I'm just going to come straight out and say it. Like, I didn't like it and ah. I didn't get it. Right. Okay. And like, what was the story? Like, it just, oh, to I... me, like, it seemed to be like a vehicle for Beyonce to dress up in a million different outfits. That's like what I was getting from it. Mm. Look, I, and... I think that's why we're going to like intentionally stay away from the critical theory studies of this because there's a lot it's not, of but, like, talk. I don't, it's not even me about being critical. I don't, I, that's why I asked you before. Like, I don't, I don't inhabit the Beyonce world critical or positive. Like I just don't listen to a lot of her stuff. And the reason why is that I've never really connected with it. So like, I don't understand, I don't know what the theories are that are out there. Um, so like, this is just coming from a, from me connecting with this album, no, nothing okay. more, nothing less. All right. So like, I'll, I'll, I'm just interested, like, like to take you back two weeks ago, Eric, like you had to go at Taylor Swift mm -mm. for not using her platform to speak out on issues. Um, well, you don't think she's speaking me, out on issues on this? Like, like I didn't like, like I mean, if we compare this to like an album that we're going to review later, like it's like I just think in the, like the times that we're going through at the moment, it just seemed a bit excessive to me. Um, mm, uh, like, can I, if, can I, can I interject? If, can I interject for a second? I mean, you know, there's there's talking there's talking about issues, and then there's like repping. You know, I, I'm being a bit flippant. I'm being a bit doing flippant. about like, issues. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm doing about doing about issues exactly. You know, I, I, I mean, I mean every, everyone in this would have gotten paid well. This is like a social piece. Of course, there? of course. I just thought it was a bit. I just thought it, to me, I thought it was a bit over the top. Like I did a, I did a whole lot of reading. Like I needed to understand this. I did a heap of deep dives into this, including sort of the Lemonade album today to try and sort of get me some back Beyonce background. And like I also read about what she was trying to convey with this with this um, visual album. And like she said that she's like offering, like she wanted to offer a map or a blueprint to her son to help him decolonialize male masculinity. So wow. like yeah, that's a totally worthy intention, but I actually was struggling to understand what that meant. So I actually yeah. had to do a deep dive into like, I, I actually read some of like a PhD thesis from a Canadian scholar on Kenyan <sighs> men in Toronto, oh, like God, working out that? how to redefine their masculinity in colonial culture. And like, I sort of think I, I get it, um, but it was deep and dense, and like, like she's attempting to sort of do this through music, but like at the core of it, I just didn't like the music, so therefore I wasn't connecting with sure. the lyrics, and I wasn't connecting with the visuals. So, uh, like, I think she's like she delivers like million dollar runs, and she like modulates awesomely. Um, I just think it was papering a bit over the cracks. I like I. I just need music to speak to me, and it just didn't speak to me. I thought the the foundations were weak. Um, I did really like that. If you want me to talk about songs, I did like. I, I really like that NAF track um, at the end of the uh, spirit the album. Spirit. Ah, uh, the NAF design. I really liked that. That was very anthem esque, and uh, I liked it. Um, and the other song I really liked was the one when she was um, laying on the leopard skin printed Rolls Royce. Um, <laughs> that's so I really. That's I don't another know what that thing song was I, I wrote down while I was watching. Do people in Africa wear this much leopard skin? Yeah, that's like, a yeah. It was fair, a, a question. Look, Eric, I, I'm I'm not really I'm not picking holes in this album for any reasons other than musically, and sure. I just didn't think it was that. 
great, but please, I, I, th I still think Beyonce is like awesome. I really like everything she stands for, and I think she's like a really positive role model. Blah 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 blah. I think she's great, but I just didn't like this. Fair enough. That, we might it's go a music to, review podcast. It is a music review podcast, and it's not a video review podcast, and it's not. Oh, yeah. a, and one more thing. Last week, Eric, you told I off for talking about the video when we, she was looking at the video of the Logic track, and you just shut her down. I do, do you remember I that? Did, I did. I'm out of control. Yeah, <laughs> I'm this is not a videography yeah. podcast. You you're right. That. You're right. You're right. I'm absolutely out of control, and I do want to extend my deepest apologies to I. That was absolutely out of line. Um, what we might do is we might go to the head turn scorecard. Um, I might go first. Uh, <laughs> it's look, you know, I mean, I guess I'm scaling this against other visual albums that have come before, which are fundamentally <laughs> just all Beyonce records. They, they, so, yeah. so what was that, Ryan? That that's a good point. All the other visual albums are Beyonce visual <laughs> albums. So, so I so I think in comparison to other visual albums, um, I you know without any level of cynicism, because uh, you know, fuck you know, doing a deal with Disney gives you license to do all sorts of amazing things. I thought from a visual aesthetic point of view, I was just like inside the entire experience from beginning to end i loved it and i give it uh, a nine head turn on the head turn count nine ryan i think you should no actually i'm gonna go yeah i am uh if i actually had known that we were just rating it against beyonce's other video um <laughs> films then I, maybe i would have rated this completely differently but i thought we were rating it on music so and not the video. So I I, I apologize. No, no, that's cool. Was if, it? I mean, you just you just wrong. do what you just do what you feel. I mean, I think the other video um, albums we could possibly kind of bring into this. I mean, like Tom York's Anima from last year, another mm -hmm. video record. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess Michael Jackson's Bad was for the most part a video record as well. So we're not just writing against Beyonce. We're writing against the you know a deep canon Sorry of four other people. Four, yep. yeah, four releases that have come prior, three of which are okay. Beyonce's, two of which are Beyonce's. Okay, well, look, um, on on the head turn rating scale, I think I'm going, to, and, and all music is good, all music is good, and Beyonce is good. Beyonce is great, but I'm going to give this a four head turn out of ten. Okay, four from Waza. What about you, Ryan? They're all all over the board again. This is great. Um, I did think of a few other visual albums that have had a video for every song. I, I don't know if this was an influence on Beyonce, but in excess, I think it was Full Moon, Dirty Hearts. They did a video for every oh. song. So uh, I reckon yes. that I reckon you can totally see that in this um <laughs> in this album. Um. <laughs> Kurt Pengley, what's Pengali? That was probably on VHS too. So you know, things have changed. Mm. You, yeah, I mean, have. I I was complaining about having to subscribe to Disney Plus to watch this, but man, you used to have to go to Sanity and actually buy a video and go home and clean the heads. <laughs> you didn't even and, have to leave the door. Yeah, yeah. clean the yeah. heads. <laughs> Get the tracking right. <laughs> um. Oh, the tracking. <laughs> right. The button. The tracking oh, button. God, the tracking button. Also, Sorry, uh, I don't know if you remember, Beck had an album from... Yes, was it Odalo? Was that the one? Um, 
later, like after Sea Change, I think it was called oh, The I Information, and there was the second disc was a DVD and there was a video for every song. They weren't very good. It was kind of just Beck and a bunch of dudes in a room doing stuff. <laughs> I think they probably did it in one take, but that counted as a video for every song. But anyway... um. So Beyonce's would be better than that, is that what you're saying? Well, oh, yeah. apparently not, given that she lost the Grammy to back. <laughs> oh! <laughs> nice, Eric. Very nice. nice. What, which album was that for? Oh, that's that when for Kanye... No, oh. not for Sea Changes. No, no, it wasn't the Kanye thing. It was um, oh. It was for the album that wasn't as good as Sea Changes, Vultures. that was like Vultures, Sea Changes. No, 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 no. It was a few mm. years ago. Uh, Beyonce was nominated with Lemonade and Beck won... Album of the yeah, year. Lemonade wasn't that accessible, though, was it? It was only available on Tidal. So it was, really it was only available on Tidal. It. Yeah, it's a tough gig. Um, album, Grammy. What was the album that he won <laughs> for? It was a, the most underwhelming morning phase. Um, no, it wasn't morning phases. Oh, Just let him give his re- review. Sorry, give his sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, right. No, I, I was about to heads. Google this as well. That's all right. No, but, um, I'm, I'm Googling. Hold on. Yeah, you go ahead and I'll, I'll chime in later. Um,. Maybe I'm just bitter about the Disney Plus thing because yeah. I've finally got off my ass and signed up for Title about two months ago. <laughs> and so when I heard Beyonce had a visual album, I thought, oh, there's no way it's not going to be on Title. Come on. And then it's not on Title. <laughs> so. Uh, did, you go, did you get the one month subscription or did you go all year? Because I just paid seven ninety nine. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I, I did a month and I'm going to watch as much Simpsons as I can in that time. Oh, so can I, can I tell you, don't watch Hamilton. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that later. Can. That's next week. Okay, was a yeah. Head I turns. haven't, but you know it is a musical, Time. so yes. Depending on Head how turns you feel, ten Ryan, focus, focus, focus. Right. Uh, Beyonce, the head turn rating for me for this as a music video, absolutely ten out of ten. This is as good as it gets, I think, in 2020. And unfortunately, I have to deduct two points for it being exclusive to Disney because um, okay. that's it. As I was as I was saying before, that YouTube has kind of democratized music videos. You can watch whenever you want, whenever you want. And then <laughs> this amazing visual album comes along, and you have to sign up to a service which it's exclusive to. And her fans will do it, and that's why Disney probably. Asked for exclusivity and Beyonce's got to get paid. I understand that all of these things are related, but yeah, as a viewer, come on, guys, yeah, yeah. So that's an okay. Eight out of 10. So we got so so we've got the most underwhelming ten out of ten from Ryan Munro <laughs> in the in the history of this podcast. I've no, given it, it, it an eight. He gave it's it an eight. eight actually, oh, it's, an, eight. it's an eight after the subtraction of the Disney yeah. Plus membership. Right. I've given it yep. an eight. Yep. Um, which has no bearing. You gave it a nine, on, didn't you? I, I gave, actually just gave it a nine. And was a, what did you give it, a four? Four. I gave it a strong four. But if I had known that the rating scale was based on something different, I may have given it something different. So, Well, are we going to go the subscale? Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, there wasn't much bass playing on this album. There wasn't at all. But okay. when there was, it was Pino Palladino. Did you notice that? Oh, I didn't notice that. Wow. That's um, cool. Which track was that on? I scribbled it down somewhere. I think it's... Um... If Ryan's going to go this deep every week, I want to get him to do our background research for us. Uh, yeah, so, he's okay. definitely uh, going to be part of the uh, the crew from here on in. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Was You you just told us you read two theses about this. So, uh... <laughs> one, one, 
<laughs> that is true, actually. And it was quite interesting, too. Although, like, clocking it at 180 pages, I really sort of read the intro and then the discussion at the end. All right. Um, okay, I just found it. Uh, Brown Skin Girl was the song with Pino Palladino playing bass, and uh, it made me think, geez, I'm going to have to listen to this again with headphones. So, um, yeah. So the subscale, I mean, the subscale is strong. Uh, it's very strong. I mean, but there was so little of it. There was just no yeah. bass I don't playing. think it's rateable. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think we can we rate might that. move the subscale across on this one. I think so, we'll, we'll say not applicable. Not applicable. I, so I that think, was... Um, Go ahead. Oh, the, sorry, the only other one was uh, Water, the track featuring Pharrell oh. Williams. That also yep. had a bass line, but I don't think anyone played it. That might have been a programmed thing. Okay. All right. Stand by. We'll, we'll, we'll try and verify that by uh, next week's podcast. So that was Beyonce's uh, visual album, Black is King. We're going to move right along to our next record. That's where we'll leave things for part one of this week's episode. We'll be back again next week with part two. Thank you again to the amazing Ryan Munro for his contribution this week. And we'll see you again next week when things go even more off the rails in part two. Until then, take care.